Welcome to the Small Business Show. We created a platform to have candid and in-depth conversations with entrepreneur and business professional we find fascinating. Learn the tips and tricks for marketing, running, and growing a small business. The Small Business Show is the official podcast of Garuda Promo and Branding Solutions. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Small Business Show. I'm your host, Swire. My guest today is Hector Simondes. He's the founding partner for eLearning Partners. How are you doing, Hector? I am doing wonderful, Swire. So excited to be here. You're a rock star, my friend. Love your show, and it's a pleasure and honor to be a part of it. Thank you so much. Before we get started, for people who might not yet be familiar with your work and eLearning Partner, what should they know about you? Sure, absolutely. Appreciate you asking, Swire. Love that question. So just really quickly, a little bit uh, about me. Um, I'm 100% Greek, which is why I'm loud and I use my hands like an orchestra. We may even break a plate during this call, my good friend. I am 100% Greek. Uh, education has been extremely, extremely important in my life. And I actually grew up uh, in the Middle East. I grew up in Saudi Arabia, believe it or not, in this melting pot of culture. And from an early age, I had the opportunity to travel to many countries around the world. A lot of those countries were developing countries. So from a very young age, I saw what education meant. I saw what education meant to the kids and cultures and societies that didn't have access to the resources that we have here in North America, in the United States and other parts of the world. And while many of us here in the United States hope for a snow day to miss the next day of school, everybody there was hoping to be able to afford the next day of school. Uh, so from an early age, I saw what education meant. It was a way for communities to not just grow out of their circumstance, but a way for them to reinvest in their communities to help their communities thrive and overall help their country as well. And a big part of my story is I struggled with learning differences. I'm dyslexic through the roof. And I actually went to a school that you could not get admitted into unless you had learning differences because it was very specialized. But Swire, I was lucky. I was very blessed, my friend. I had a family that could emotionally support me and financially support me as well. Education is expensive. If you have a learning difference, double or triple the cost to getting the education that you need to succeed. And I wanted to change that. So going into university, I met my best friend and co-founder on the first day of school, Mr. Johnny Havey. And after we graduated from the University of Denver, he was working at PwC as a CPA. I was doing some odd jobs on the side, but together in the evening, we were working on the entrepreneurial dream because we both wanted to do something in education and business. And here we are seven, eight years later to tell our story of e-learning partners of how we're trying to help the world companies and everybody through the power of e-learning. Education is super important. So super excited, my friend. Well, let's back up a little bit. You said you didn't start out doing e-learning partner. So what makes you decided to become an entrepreneur and found e-learning partners? And what does e-learning partner do? Sure. Those are great questions, Swire. So first, entrepreneurship is, is in my blood. You know what, Swire? I think it may be a Greek thing. You know, a lot of these Greeks out there, they have restaurants and, you know, they're always thinking of ideas. You know what I mean? So it may be in my blood, you know, the entrepreneurship. We need to create something strong, you know? <laughs> uh, but um, I, I've always had the entrepreneurial blood in me. Um, so when I was a kid, one day I disappeared and my parents didn't know where I was. I had picked up, I was in the backyard and I saw that we had a rake. I'm like, I'm going to take that rake and I'm going to start knocking on doors, asking people to rake their leaves, you know? So, and my parents got a call about an hour later saying, 
you know your son is knocking on doors, raking people's leaves. I was going to door raking people's leaves. Another thing that I did, I wasn't the first one, so I can't take all the credit. I was inspired by my competitors, uh, but there were a lot of American candies that weren't available in Saudi Arabia. So when we would go to the United States to visit friends and family, we would get, I would go to Costco back then, back then you could have each economy passenger could have two suitcases, not one, two suitcases up to 72 pounds, not 52 pounds. <laughs> so I walked in there, I got two full, yeah, I got over 140 pounds of candy, brought it back to Saudi Arabia and I opened up a candy store. And then there was a few other entrepreneurial things that I, you know, that I did uh, growing up into my high school years. I've just always loved entrepreneurship. It's, it's not about making money for me, Swire. It's about solving a problem and seeing the smile on people's faces when you solve that problem or fulfill that need or want that they have. You know, that just truly brings me joy. I knew that entrepreneurship was always in my blood. And going fast forwarding to university and how we got into e-learning partners and how we got to e-learning partners and whatnot. Again, Johnny and I, we met on the first day of university at the University of Denver. We became friends right away. We both had business classes together. And again, we both had this love for entrepreneurship. He started a couple of businesses that I helped with him in college. I did the same thing and he was helping me and we were always helping and you know, working with one another. And ultimately, when we graduated the University of Denver, as we were kind of working in the evening hours again, on our entrepreneurial dream, the first company that we kind of brought to life was VP Legacies. And over the years, we got very, very, very focused. And the more we grew our business, the more we saw our clients coming back to us for something specific. And it was specifically an e-learning. So we decided, let's just focus on what we're best on. Let's focus what brings us the most joy. Let's focus what brings our clients the most results, the most revenue. So we decided to focus on e-learning and we rebranded our company to e-learning partners. So what does e-learning partners do? E-learning partners helps companies build, launch, and distribute e-learning programs to their employees and online courses to their customers. We work on the professional services side of e-learning. We're not a technology company. We're not a learning management system. We're not an authoring tool. We're not a content library like LinkedIn Learning. We work on the professional services side of e-learning. So what happens many times, Swire, is chief operating officers, directors of operations, they knock on our door and they say, you know what, guys, we know e-learning can save us time and money on operations like onboarding, onboarding our employees. We know our onboarding right now, Hector, is taking nine months, but it should take three, right? We know that our training managers, Bob and Kelly, we know a lot of their time is being spent doing the similar trainings over and over and over again. And we want to optimize that. So we know e-learning could save us time and money on operations. We're just overwhelmed with the e-learning process. We don't know where to start. How do we do this thing successfully? So many times from an internal perspective, internal employee-facing perspective, directors of operations, they bring us on their team to help them develop, call it an internal university, to help them solve some of those operational challenges and inefficiencies that they have. And then on the flip side of the coin, we also work with chief, chief executive officers of companies because Swire e-learning is also a powerful way to create a new high profit revenue stream. 
many companies, they have something that is just absolutely golden. And it's their knowledge. It's their process. It's their systems. It's their knowledge. And many of them, especially post-pandemic now, many of them have realized we can create a whole revenue stream by taking our knowledge and developing courses out of them. But again, where do we start? How do we do this? How do we take this to market? How do we make this scalable? How do we actually get a return on investment? Because many times, Swire, a lot of people that have tried to do e-learning have spent countless amounts of hours and dollars and time trying to figure this out, trying to do this, but they just don't get the return on investment that they were expecting because e-learning is a lot trickier than, uh, than what it seems. So that's why chief executive officers, we have conversations with them and they bring us on their team because they need help developing courses and implementing and distributing courses to business to business or business to consumer markets to start creating a high profit revenue stream. And why do I say high profit? It's because once when that initial time and dollars are spent building that course, now it is out there, it is evergreen, and we can just scale it from there and start bringing customers in, purchasing something that is already created. Well, I guess there's a lot of different models and I I think your business probably have been more popular since the pandemic because, you know, we're kind of physically not available, right, to attend a course. But then if you, if it's just online, you can access anywhere in the world, anytime that you like. I, I could think of scenarios and let me know if there are more use that you can hear from clients. You know, the first you, you mentioned is employees onboarding. So instead of having a person to tell maybe 50 or however many employees you're onboarding, you're having the course, they can actually learn from maybe during their workday or maybe before they work, this is what you should expect the first day of work. This is uh, what we expect of you. So I think that's one thing. Another thing is, you know, I bought a camera. I don't read their menus anymore. I go on videos, right? I want to learn how to, you know, the functions that I need, I don't need to know everything that is in the camera. I just need the things that I know how to turn it on, take pictures, and that's it. So that would be very useful for a camera. And then also another example would be there are a lot of coaches out there. There are a lot of fitness trainers out there that are actually putting together the course out there. So are, are those the three main categories or what else do you see out there in the market? Absolutely. And Swire, those are, those are wonderful categories. And it's so fun and cool to see how many companies are getting creative and trying to figure out how to implement e-learning in their own way, right? You know, so there's so many types of e-learning out there, but typically, you know, going off of that, the two categories that we do, we try to just simplify it, right? You have internal types of e-learning and external types of e-learning. Internal, those are your employees. External is those are your customers. Those are courses that you are now specifically trying to produce from a revenue stream perspective. Now, Within those two, there are all sorts of e-learning. And really quickly, because of the pandemic, yes, e-learning has become extremely important. You know, the joke, uh, the half joke uh, that I have is that after the pandemic or even during the pandemic, all of a sudden, everybody was an e-learning expert, you know, because of how important it became, (laughs) you know, because you have work from home forever, right? You have now companies that are not just doing work from home forever, but other companies that are really embracing the work at home policy, right? Many companies before the pandemic didn't even want to hear 
work remotely. But now they have to accept how people have changed, how the markets have changed, how employees have changed. Another thing is also remote onboarding. Many people that are added to the Teamswire don't even go to the office because they're halfway across the world. Here's another thing what, that we have seen. Another thing that we have seen is traditionally when you grow a company, you grow it with employees. But the model that is really taking fire right now is growing a company through independent contractors and hire employees as needed. Many of those independent contractors are not just all over the United States, but they're all over the world, right? You know, so how do you make sure that everybody is on the same page, right? You know, so you have e-learning for companies that are specifically for their processes and their systems. That's one big category. The way that you swire, you run your business and uh, the way that this person or that person or that company, everybody has different systems. Everybody has different processes. So you have that custom training element to it for the first one of the big categories. The next big category is there are a lot, and this is kind of dependent on what company you are, but there are a lot of companies out there respective to their industries, respective to the legalities within their industries. They have certain trainings that they have to do, whether if it's OSHA trainings or HIPAA compliance trainings or you know whatever those uh, specific, again, specific, we have, for example, clients in manufacturing, we have clients in health. So there are, in addition to those custom trainings that they do for their business, there are certain trainings that they have to do from a legality perspective as well. And many times there are content libraries out there that do a wonderful job covering those types of trainings. So we've actually been approached Swire to do, you know, different types of trainings that, you know, we're all about saving clients time and money. We want to produce a return on investment. So that second category of already created content is very important for certain things. And one of those things are HIPAA trainings, compliance trainings, safety trainings, you know, those types of trainings that are needed and must and are legal liability if they're not done for respective industries. So that's another category. And then the third one is, this is kind of a mix of e-learning. So I'm going to kind of branch out of it a little bit, Swire, but it's e-learning and also in-person learning blended together. As we say in the industry, blended learning, right? You know, so for example, take that manufacturing client I was talking about, you know, so there is a huge e-learning component to it. At the same time, though, the art of manufacturing does require hands-on. Having that in-person training is very important, but how do you connect the two? How do you blend the two to make sure that it is balanced, right? Kind of like, kind of like baking a cake, right? You know, if we don't have a balance of those blended ingredients, the cake won't bake, it won't taste well, whatever the case may be. So we want to make sure that we're blending the types of learning respected to the company. If blended learning makes sense for them, if we're blending it correctly as well. So I would say that's another very important category because many businesses, even if they're not a hands-on business like manufacturing, in-person learning is really important to them and they don't want to, for lack of better terms, get rid of it. It's important, but they realize that we can't do everything in person. It makes sense for us to go online, but how do we bring those two together? So in addition to those categories, I would say those are the other categories that I would add to that as well or expand on that as well. Can you touch on, or maybe if you can share some examples of how companies are able to utilize e-learning to create additional revenue? 
I'm on link. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube a lot. Seems like every other ad is someone who's trying to sell me another course that I don't need. So, what are the great examples out there for a company who might be doing what they do for a long time? Are able to use e-learning to explore new markets for people who might or might not be their physical area of business. Sure, absolutely. That's a great question. The first thing that we want everybody to know is that. One of the fallacies that are out there is that there's too much noise, there's too much competition in what I'm trying to do. But there's only one swire ho. That's it. There's only one, right? And your process and how you got to developing your process is unique to swire. So when you're developing a course, you're not just developing a course for an audience. You're building a relationship between you and your learners. So there is always for everybody that's listening to this right now. Even if you are a fitness instructor. Hector, there's millions of fitness coaches out there. There is still room in the market for you because you have a process that you've developed through your experience. And if you follow a process that we'll kind of go into, and I'll also share that we have a whole free masterclass about it. There's a whole methodical way on how you start building a course respective to your learners. So once when you develop that course, you actually have buyers. Now, how do you do it? So couple of things. First of all, with the course is the more niche you get, the better, right? If we try to be very, very broad, right? I'm just a health instructor, right? That, that, that's just, that's just too broad, right? So we want to kind of narrow it down, right? Well, another thing is Swire is that research is very important when it comes to e-learning. And we've seen this with with other products and services, people are looking for instant gratification, right? I'm just going to develop a course. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to put a bunch of money in advertising, and let's see what happens, right? We don't believe in that, right? We have seen many people lose a lot of time and money doing that. We believe in the power of research, right? It takes a little bit less, more time, so it's a little less sexy, right? Because it takes more time, but like bamboo, when you plant the seed of bamboo, the first few years, it doesn't grow vertically, but It is growing underneath, it's growing its roots, and then in less than 60 days, it grows 90 feet because it has grown a solid foundation, the power of long-term versus short-term. So you have a method, you have a process. Just like a business wire, e-learning is just like a business. Your learners of your e-learning is like customers of a business, right? Your product is your course. So just like a business, let's think of e-learning as a business. Let's start small. Let's start with a minimum viable product, an MVP. We like to call it an MVC, a minimum viable course. Let's start with something small. Let's not get too excited. Let's not have all these ideas and all these course ideas. What is the lowest hanging fruit? What are the top one or two things that you know you saw for your customers, right? And let's focus on that. After we decide what we're going to focus on and what we're going to do. And by the way, another little quick thing to know, Swire, is courses don't need to be 20 hours long. There's different types of courses, right? You have courses that could be up to one to two hours long, then ones that go four or five hours, and then you have your very dense 15 plus hour courses, right? You know, So there are different size of courses. There's not one size fits all. And without getting into the weeds and whatnot, there's different strategies on how you approach, you know, what type of course you're creating respective to its length and respective to its pricing and whatnot. But again, just trying to keep it simple and quick, you know, for, for, for our call today. 
you identify your process. We're going to figure out what is the lowest hanging fruit, right? And then based on that lowest hanging fruit, who are your learners? Who are people that would purchase that, that are in your network that you can talk to, right? That you can, just like an MVP, that you can ask, that you can test to make sure that yes, indeed, that this is solving a need. And even when you get to the content creation of the course, right? Let's say your course is two hours long, right? You sketch it out. It's going to be about two hours long. Don't build out a two hour long course. Start with the first five to 10 minutes and take that to your learners, just like an MVP. Test it. Make sure that you're getting learner feedback because just like a business, your learners will determine the success of your course. If you build a course respective to what your learners need and what their wants are, you will have a successful course. That's why the whole process needs to be learner-centric. If you focus on your learners, you can guarantee the success of your course because when, it, when it's go time and you launch, because you've put so much focus on your learners and continuous focus on your learners, they will not only be coming in, but the more that you build your brand and your reputation, the more that you're targeting the right person, then the more the right person is entering your funnel and purchasing as well. Again, I know I spoke, I, I know I kind of shotgunned and said a bunch of things, but overall, it's about your learner. Make sure you start small and you test and you get learner feedback and you develop e-learning based on your learner. One last thing I'll say, Swire, is that e-learning is built on pillars. And we talk about this in our free masterclass, three pillars, not steps. People think that e-learning is steps. Step one, you got to find a technology. Step two, you got to develop content. And step three, now we have to distribute it. E-learning should not be done in steps. It is the three pillars of e-learning, content technology distribution. And you build these pillars at the same time. And the focus, the center, the structure of each one of those pillars are your learners. Many people, they spend so much time and money trying to find the perfect learning management system. And ultimately, it fails because they didn't focus on their learners. Now, I'm not anti-technology. Technology, you need to have technology in order to have e-learning, right? You know, but what we say is you have to have the distribution conversation, not last, but during the first meeting. The content conversation, not last, but during the first meeting. The technology conversation, not the first thing, but throughout the whole entire process. So content technology distribution, the three pillars of e-learning, those are, and that's what we teach in our free masterclass as well, is what are the three pillars of e-learning? How do you define them? How do you make them learner-centric? Because ultimately, that is what holds, it's like a three-legged stool. That's what holds your course up. And if we don't focus on one, on one of your pillars, just like a three-legged stool, you're going to fall over. So it is so important, Swire, to look at e-learning as those three pillars, content technology distribution, with your learner in mind throughout the whole entire process. Well, I think what you've said is correct. We are in different industry, but our focus, and at least what we tell our clients are the same. You know, you have to find your target audience. You can't be everything for everyone. If you do that, then you're not talking to nobody. You're right. You have to do your own research. If they like to be addressed more casually, that's how your tone should be. Maybe they're more formal, then you got to adjust your course as well. Maybe they like the color green. Maybe you have to wear all green. So things that the, the more that you can tell yourself about your target audience, the more details you could cater. You know, I, I wish that there's a course that whatever that I'm learning, there's the right person who's, who's speaking to me 
you know, dress the way that I like to dress and then talk like in the tone that kind of like how I'm talking to a friend. I think a lot of learning online are pretty boring, right? Especially if you sit through, you mentioned the internal video or even learning from an organization. A lot of Zoom webinar is out there. I, I will admit that I, I turn it off after 10 minutes. It's just, they're not there to talk to me. They're not, they're there to read the scripts and for an hour. And that was it for them. I've also been to presentation where the presenter know who is attending. They cater to the material that I want to listen to. And they actually study who are the attendees. And then they present it in a way that they know are going to feedback. And they also encourage questions, conversations. Mm -hmm. So I get more into it. Even something that keep you engaged, you know, I, I like to, you know, let me know if I'm on the right track that you're in preschool. If the teacher talks all the way until the end, then you're going to lose all the kids. But if you ask Simon or Stacy a question during your presentation or have them do some homework, right? So you get people engaged. So I think there's really a fine skills of developing a, a good e-learning. And, and you're right, there are tons of them out there. A lot of them are I, I, I will turn it off, especially for YouTube ads. I, I hit skip as soon as it's available. But there are some that I know they're speaking to me personally. I'll actually listen to more because I'm in, in marketing. I, I like to see how people are presenting, right? You know, I learned something from, from them from time to time. Getting a lot more competitive out there because the, the entry, it's easier than before. It's still very valuable, but I think you, you know, like you said, you know, you have to do a lot more research getting into it. A hundred percent, you know, and, and what you're talking about there, Swire, which you're, you are so right. It's, it's engagement. And how do we continuously engage our learners throughout the whole entire process? And there are so many ways to engage learners. We have leaderboards, we can have point systems, we can have certificates, we can have check on learnings, exams and quizzes and we can have virtual reality and augmented reality. There are so many ways. I mean, you, I mean, we've been to a few e-learning conferences, a lot of these more game type companies. Um, I mean, they, they've made it almost into this interactive video game. Like, it's amazing what's out there and what we tell everybody because you are so right. You are so right. How do we get somebody engaged throughout the whole entire process, right? How do we do that? First, most importantly, it's all about your learner. So we tell everybody, don't get overwhelmed. There's so many ways to do it. Engagement is important. So what is engagement? It is what your learners want. It's how they define it. So it's, it's okay for you as the subject matter expert to at first assume what, edu uh, what engagement makes the most sense, but then remember that testing, testing is very important, right? So we always say, talk to your learners, but have a continuous feedback loop system where you're getting continuous feedback. So as they're going from module to module and from, you know, from milestone to milestone or however you structure your course, they're getting engaged throughout the whole entire process. And another thing that I will also add as well is just in general, one of the best ways to just get engagement right from the start, right, is micro learning. Micro learning is extremely important. That pretty much micro learning is important in our experience for any type of learning profile. That is an easy way to start 
increasing your engagement numbers. If I give you Swire or anybody that's listening on this call, a one and a half hour video to watch, you're going to be tuned out. You're going to push the play. You're going to walk to the kitchen, make some food and, you know, pretend like you're listening when you're not right. And that's okay. That's not your fault. That's the thing. That's what we tell uh, 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 companies. We have to be accountable. We have to take responsibility. Because if I walk into a room right now and of 100 people and I say, raise your hand if you're excited to take an e-learning, nobody's going to raise their hand. Nobody. And you know what? It's not their fault. It's because the companies did not make the e-learning about the learner. They did not have them involved in the process. And they're not continuously building out content respective to what the learner wants, right? So again, I talk learner, 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 learner. But an easy way, just, hey, Hector, just kind of like losing weight right? And easy, everybody has different body types and different medical background and whatnot. But an easy way to start, stop losing weight is to stop eating sugar and to stop drinking. Those are two things that you can immediately cut and you'll start seeing the pounds slowly cut off, right? You know, so what's just a one thing that we could do across the board that we know we can increase engagement, micro learning. How do we define micro learning? Micro learning, we typically define it as one three and five minute micro video learning pieces. Now, there are times where you could go up to 10 minutes and sometimes even a little bit more than 10 minutes. And the reason why you can is because we typically see this in very technical content in health, manufacturing, cybersecurity, where when talking about one point requires that amount of time and even trying to break it up into two separate pieces is actually more intrusive to the learner than leaving it in a 10 to 12 minute piece, if you will. So there are some exceptions to the length, but we typically say one, three, five, no more than 10 minutes, unless it's a point that even if you break it up, it's going to be just, it'll actually disengage your learner if you break it up. But Hector, one, three, five minute pieces. Where should I start? Your learners, ask your learners, right? Test, see, now everything isn't going to be two minutes long, right? But if you identify it needs to be between the two to three minute marker, the three to four minute marker, make sure to try to stay within that range because that's what your learners want, right? But micro learning is a great way. What can I do today, Hector, to start seeing some increased engagement results? Take the training that you have and start breaking it down into micro learning chunks. That's great advice. I, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. I know you actually talked about virtual onboarding and we've actually been experiencing more in the past two years because gone are the day that your first day you're at the office, your manager greeting you, you present a, a gift, right? You are now part of the company. A lot of us actually are on board virtually and we have done many sets for onboarding employees where we have to mail seeing the addresses all across the country, sometimes across the world. So what has your experience like? I've guessed actually built entire company on a virtual team. They have 500 people, all online virtual. Their struggle, the CEO actually told me during the show is, how do I build a culture? Now I don't see really face-to-face with them. I might not even have seen the new hire in person. So how do you suggest, you know, e-learning to help build the culture, especially in a remote working environment. 
Absolutely. This is a wonderful question and has been a huge talking point lately. Very, very, very huge talking point. And I'm excited we're going to dive into it a little bit. Now, of course, what I'm about to say is not e-learning related, but there's many things that companies are doing to enhance culture, whether if it's virtual happy hours or virtual games and and whatnot, which is great. But let's focus on e-learning. One of the big, and this also, Swire, what I'm about to say isn't just for companies that are uh, that have a remote workforce, but it's for companies that don't have a remote workforce. They need to do what I'm about to express. One of the biggest mistakes, Swire, is let's say I hire you, I hire Swire. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to send you to product training and safety training and compliance training and bore the crap out of you right away, right away, okay? That's the mistake. The first training that everybody should be going through, the first one before anything else is what does your company stand for? What is our vision? What is our mission? What are our core values? Forget about revenue. Forget about products and services. What do we stand for? What impact are we having together on the world that the product and service that we sell are the output of that? We're producing this product and service because this is the ultimate impact that we're trying to have on the world by producing this product and service. If you do not have a whole course in onboarding, and that's the first thing that they go through, that's about your vision, your mission, your core values, what you stand for, your employees are going to be disengaged. Now you're making the job transactional. You're not making it emotional. Because if, you, if I send Swire to a compliance and safety or product training right away, it's transactional. Swire, get on board as quickly as can, start selling stuff. You know, we need to start producing. We need to make money, right? But if I have you go through the first one first, say, you know, Swire, before all of that, I want you to know what you're a part of. I want you to know what we all stand for. I want you to know what our core values are. I want you to know that when you're working so hard in producing this product or service, what it's ultimately doing, what the ultimate goal is. Now, when Swire is working, he's not just producing a product or a service. He knows in the back of his mind what the output of his work is going to be. That's layer one. Now, if you want to get deep, and I mean really deep. So number one is what everybody has to do, right? Number two, if you can get here, this is, this is where things get really fun, right? Job specific role training, but from a emotional impact perspective. We have job specific role training. Hey, Swire, you're going to be the technical head. This is what the technical head has to do. Here are the responsibilities of the technical head. Here are the this, the this, the this, the that, right? We have that, right? We're talking about it from an emotional impact perspective. So, what does that mean? What that means is Swire. Here is specific to your job role. Here is the trickle down effect and impact that your specific job has to the overall vision and mission that our company has. That is getting even more detailed and Swire even more emotionally engaged because not only did he go through the overall vision, mission, core values, what we stand for training, but now respective to his job role. Now Swire knows, respective to what he's bringing to the company, how his job is specifically impacting that service or that product. 
was creates an even stronger emotional bond to Swire. But Hector, that's going to take a lot of time, and that's also going to take a lot of money. I don't know if it's worth it. Well, look at the attrition right now. Look at how many employees are leaving. There's even a term right now called the great resignation. People are struggling to keep their employees. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So why are companies doing the same thing over and over again? Invest time, invest money, and the most important thing, which is your people, because there is nothing greater and more valuable than people that believe in you, that believe in their company, that believe in the company, because ultimately, if you have that, they're not going to want to leave. And think about all the people that you've lost over the last couple of years. What if they stayed? What would have happened? All that time and money and cost of finding you people out the door. Like that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. I'm talking about those people. If you help them find their purpose, if you help them find their passion, if you help them showcase what the trickle down impact will have, the value of that, it's just, it's priceless. You know, so yes, is it going to take money and time to develop those? Level one, that one should be a no brainer. If you're not doing level one, which is vision, mission, core values, what you stand for. I don't mean to be frank, but what are you doing? Right. You got to do that. Right. You got to do that. That's number one. And number two is if we want to get deep, let's start doing that because you're going to see some incredible results because now people aren't showing up for a job hoping for 5 p.m. They're not calling Wednesday hump day and Thursday, Friday Eve. They're excited to come to work. They're excited to be there because to them, it's not work anymore. To them, it's an emotional impact. And in the world that we live in today with the personnel that we have, with the types of generations, the mil- forget the millennial generation. Many of the millennials, they're in their 40s. I'm talking about the Gen Zers, and I'm talking about the generation TikTokers, right? They are all about impact. They want to make an impact. So show them how they're making an impact. Show them and allow them to discover for themselves by you showing them what they're bringing to the world. And I can guarantee you that that attrition is going to start decreasing and you're going to have more loyal employees. Yeah, I think you have a lot of good points. As they always say, right, in an ad, it's an investment. This is actually true. The most valuable assets in your company, if you want to grow or scale, you need your employees, you need help, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't invest in them, they're leaving. And especially if you throw them into compliances and the learning, like, right, you, you, you really turn away a lot of people. Like the first day of work, you should make it fun. You should want them to make start, oh, I want to go to work every day, really. You know, this is my new work. So what if, you know, if you are type of company that maybe your CEO is a celebrity status? So maybe have him talking about, like you said, the mission, maybe fun stuff, maybe backstory that nobody knows why they started the company. Or maybe there's a certain personnel that are going on TV a lot, have a different cheering personality. So you want those people to be on instead of the CEO. Maybe the CEO is the head of the company. He or she might not be the best person to be on camera. Like the last thing that, at least for me, want to see is, you know, a person that didn't quite want to be there, have to be on there because he is the head of that department. That's when things that got, you want to make it fun, right? You know, especially when you're talking about the Gen Z, the TikToker, they want to be fun. You have less than 30 seconds to make that impression. And if you don't have it, 
it's hard for you to make up to it. So I, I think you bring up a, a, a lot of good points. Speaking about that, I know that you have uh, special gifts for us. Can you talk about that gifts and for companies who want, want to learn more about both internal and ex- external type e-learning, how should they find out more about those programs? Absolutely, Swire. Thank you so much. And really quickly, I just want to say I completely agree with you. And, you know, something that a CEO could easily do right now, what is something, again, kind of like that micro learning example, what is something I can start doing right now to start seeing some, a lot of, a lot of CEOs, they do uh, weekly uh, releases, um, like, you know, internal newsletter releases, if you will, they do town halls and whatnot. Bring in an employee, bring in, interview them hear their story, let them tell their story, let them tell, you know, how they've been impacted by the company from what they've seen from their eyes. Talk about your learners. It's all about the learners, your people, and allow your people to connect with other people, part of your community, part of your company. So I get really excited about that. But yes, we have a huge gift for everybody here. I know I brought it up a couple of times, but we have a free masterclass. It's a free masterclass, which you get instant access to, right? All you do is you put in your email and you get instant access to this free masterclass that you'll have forever. You can access it whenever you want, right? And the free masterclass is all about how to guarantee success for your online training program to your employees or your online courses by developing the three pillars of e-learning, content technology and distribution. And this masterclass isn't just showcasing a part of our process, but also we're going to start putting action to it as well. We go through a couple of workshops on how to start creating an e-learning program, an online course, which you can then after this masterclass and after the action steps that we do together and after the templates that we work on together, you can easily take on and start running on your own, right? We're going to show you how do you define your learners. We call them the PLPs, the perfect learner profiles. We also go through what we call the learner transformation statement. I will leave it for you to go to the masterclass to see why that is absolutely critical. And without the learner transformation statement, you will have a course that is lost at sea. So the importance of a learner transformation statement, how to start developing one and actually developing one throughout the masterclass as well. So it's a free masterclass. Go sign up. Also, we have a YouTube channel called eLearning Simplified, eLearning Simplified. And on that YouTube channel, we are releasing at least one to two pieces of content a week, all about how to make e-learning simple and how for you to learn how to create successful e-learning programs and online courses. It is a channel all about education, all around e-learning and how to make it successful. E-Learning Simplified is the YouTube channel. Please subscribe and also free masterclass. If you go to e-learningpartners.com, there'll be a big green button that says free masterclass. You click on that free button or that free masterclass button and boom, you input your email and you get instant access. And last but not least, I'm all about building relationships. Please find me on LinkedIn. Hector, my last name, Simudis, S-I-M-O-U-D-I-S. Please find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me. Let's build a relationship. I would love to hear about your business and would love to help and support you in any way that I can. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Hector. I learned a lot. You know, we could easily go for another two hours with all the different <laughs> examples that we have. But I'll include all the link that Hector talked about in the show notes. And, you know, let's go find something useful and do our research and connect with our audience. 
Let's do it. And Swire, I want to thank you and your team so much. You guys have been incredible. This is such an incredible show. Um, and uh, we, we really, our whole team, we want to thank you, you know, for it's an honor to be here and to be a part of your show. So thank you so much. This has been wonderful and an absolute pleasure. Thank you.